and the kick is good. Yes, thank you very much, Josh Allen. Um, the the kick is indeed good, or at least it was for the Buffalo Bills on the opening night of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, they beat the Buffalo Bills 31-10. to This is episode 104, maybe, of the End the Kick is Good podcast. It's just you and I, Brad. Um, it is Friday, late, as we are recording this. But we thought we'd better get our heads together, as we did all those years ago, for Houston Texans versus whoever it was. Probably the... Mm, Chiefs, I think. Was it the Chiefs? And um, yeah, I think you're um, right. I can remember that because I, I see it in the in the uh, metadata every time I go to upload a new episode. <laughs> yeah, I think you're so right. Texans next to Chiefs, and I'm like, that makes sense. We were abandoned that night by Column, and we are abandoned now by him too. He probably hasn't even watched this game yet. Um, but before we go too far down the rabbit hole, um, what were your initial takeaways from this absolute lambasting? Lambast? Are we gonna are we gonna w- 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 speak around the word? Are we gonna let Column announce that? Well, I, I think I think we can't we can't officially announce it a until he is here and b until we have watched the other fifteen games that happened this weekend. Um, That's true. Because though I can't imagine there are many that are more um, extravagant than this one, because this was fairly conclusive in parts. Um, this. For for a stretches, didn't feel like the beatdown, or didn't feel like it was going to end up as the beatdown that it finished as. See, I, yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, I mean it, the the scoreline. It's one of those. The scoreline is it is both reflective of the. To quote the ultimate word, distrustity. <laughs> I have no idea the word you just tried to say. Yeah, yeah. On. Well, that's, that's yeah. Clearly, you don't know your ultimate warrior comic book knowledge. Um, yeah, like it's both favorable and unfavorable to, to you know the narrative of the game. The Bills started off so hot in this game, but couldn't get it over the line, so to speak, and that kept the Rams in it, right? Because it was, what, 17-10 at the half? No, it was 10-10 at the half. It was 10-10 at the half. It was 10-10 at the half. We were discussing it um, in our various group chats, etc., that, you know, it felt like the Rams were now going to figure it out. We we anticipated from this coaching staff, from Matt Stafford, etc., that they would get it going in the second half and turn it into a game because the Rams' defense didn't play badly i think actually they played really well um they, they forced two interceptions they forced a, um, a fumble as well and recovered it um i <laughs> don't think there's another turnover so that's three turnovers that that's usually enough to keep yourselves in a game when you've got the firepower that the rams do um but and i think the sooner we turn onto this kind of topic the better it crumbled up front for the for the rams and it crumbled hard their offensive line and I, I don't want to overreact to the first game of the season too much. Echo, please edit in the um, <laughs> the David Johnson takes I had after that week one podcast or that I referenced earlier. Um, but yeah, they, they looked like they struggled mightily. Um, PFF, I think it was you said, had a stat that the Bills didn't blitz once last night and got seven sacks. And there weren't many coverage sacks in there. Yeah, uh, and you say don't overreact. However, 
uh, I feel like if you gave me the narrative of, hey, yeah, this defense has forced three turnovers and overall looks solid, but could deal with a break and an offense that can actually put some points on the board while the offense line offensive line is struggling and letting people hit their quarterback i would say i don't want to relive the 2020 new york giants season <laughs> i didn't want to cut you off but i knew that was a new york giants joke before you got about seven seconds into it. <laughs> it, it's it's what it felt like in the sense that do you think oh you're watching it the entire way going oh they're going to put this together and they string together a few good moments and the big stars make the big plays and then your quarterback throws a pass five yards to the left of where it should be for the tight end and you're like and and then then it gets picked off and and it you know suddenly flips back to the bills and the bills go down and score and you're just like wait what's happening and yeah it felt a rough one for the rams where they just they did not seem all together. And that's not to say that as I said, this is what the flattering part is for the Bills. The Bills in the first half looked good, but not up to speed. And then in the second half, they just kind of executed on being good and looked like fucking rock stars uh, <laughs> in comparison to the Rams, who kind of capitulated on all fronts by the end of it. Um, and it's just it was a rough one. The, the pressure... Th- thing as well about well, the sacks because Stafford was was rattled you know he must have thought he was back in Michigan so he um, St- St- Stafford was sacked on 36.8% of his pressures over over one in three pressures turned into a sack and okay the offensive line was not good we've covered that but there are people that are better at me and, and talking about and analyzing football that largely consider sacks to be way more on the quarterback than it is on the offensive line. And I do not think Stafford can be absolved of seven sacks. It's just not possible. Um, no. I, I think... For comparison on that point as well about the pre- on the pressures, he was pressured, he had 19 pressures on the game. Uh, new left tackle, Joseph Noteboom, allowed a team high eight pressures overall. Uh, Andrew Whitworth had allowed 20 pressures through 18 games last season. So he's nearly halfway to what Whitworth did in week one. And if you are the Rams, you are calling up Whitworth <laughs> and saying, hey, but, you know, if this continues next week or the week after you go, are you sure that you're out of this? It turns you out sure left tackle is pretty important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> the Rams do get the mother of all get well pills in the next game where they play at home to the Falcons. So you're, they're going to be well, one-on-one. That's the other thing about this game, right? That's the, one of the big talking points, especially from the media talking points, is the Rams just won a Super Bowl and they were playing on the silent count at home on the same night that they hung up their Super Bowl banner, which was the, the Jeff, Jeff Schwartz uh, quoted it. And that's so brutal. The NFL have been trying so hard to make... LA a thing and the best thing that's you know fallen into their laps the Super Bowl champions are from LA but they it's the biggest market they've got and they're playing and the Bills Mafia traveling halfway across well from coast to coast pretty much and going yeah cool we're gonna out cheer you out chant you yeah but they don't actually care like the league doesn't actually care that that Rams fans fill the stadium they just care that the Rams are good and that the stadium is filled 
and it's an NFL game and it's in LA so the 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 stadium, the stadium will always be full but it, it's you know I understand your point but the Rams winning the Super Bowl was what they wanted the the the, the attendance figures in terms of percentages of home and away etc that's that's not on their radar really not yet if they go three years without a Lombardi or three years without a playoff win or whatever then I, I agree there will be something but right now I don't think that's of concern. Um, a few other notes. The Bills didn't punt in this game, which apparent, <laughs> apparently makes it like four games in a row that they haven't punted in. Um, I, that is oh, I forgot about that punt. That's astonishing. For a I about that. um, their running game is still Josh Allen plus others. Um, the, the, the tales of sort of fantasy expertise of James Cook were killed after one handoff where he fumbled and gave the ball straight back to the Rams. Um, Devin Singletary and Zach was Moss. not brought back into the game no, at all no. either. S- Singletary and Moss form a totally functional running back tandem. They're not great. They are borderline good. But when you have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, um, when you're scheming Gabe Davis open and your your depth pieces are Jameson Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie, like you you don't need the all-world running back. Meanwhile, and I think this is something that's sort of being slept on, the Rams are the opposite. The Rams need, like, rookie-slash-second-year Todd Gurley right now because their entire offense is Cooper Cup. Alan Robinson had one, uh, sorry, two targets, one reception for 12 yards. He was open on a play that Stafford ended up scrambling for a first down on, but it was only on, like, a six or seven yard crosser Tutu Atwell dropped his only other target um Tyler Higby had two or three drops like it's not good and we talked about you talked about their tackles right Joe Noteboom um they just decided they were going to try and pound the ball up the gut for like the first three quarters and I I couldn't see why they ran 11 times between the tackles for 24 yards in a game that they were down for basically the entire time um I they kicked a field goal with not long left in the in the first half to tie it up I believe um no they were down seven they were, they were one score down by that point right so we covered at the start that they weren't tied at the half no, they were tied. They were tied 10-10 oh, the half, yeah. Oh, was it 10-10? No, I think um, so. Okay. Uh, based on purely rushing, rushes, uh, because I think Akers might have caught a pass. Um, no, he did he not. Didn't? Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, oh, the swing pass, I remember, was behind the line of scrimmage, so it would have counted. It went backwards, it would have counted as a rush. Um, based on that, Akers had eight yards after contact, and <laughs> how many yards did he finish with? Zero. <laughs> Um, Rams rushes as a unit finished with 47 yards after contact and 52 total yards of rushing. Yeah, Daryl Henderson took an absolute beating. That is like uh, 95% looked... of their rushing yards came after contact. It, I, what are they doing? Hey, again, 2020 Giants. Don't, don't, <laughs> like, it, 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 it's the flashbacks are strong. It's really bad on the on the line play and yeah acres didn't look great i think you said it he looks like he's running in syrup which is which is something that you've used i think before for aj brown but even you admit aj brown is quick you just can't see oh, AJ, how he's yeah, quick aj brown's the With quickest a- man alive that looks like he should be slow acres just 
he looks every bit like he did in the playoffs last year, which is worrying because the playoffs last year, he was like, what, 10 weeks removed from Achilles injuries. Now he's almost a year removed from an Achilles injury. Yeah, and he didn't look great. Henderson did what he could, but wasn't given much. And, you know, all I can say is I'm thankful I played against him in my fantasy league of record. That's why I was so excited <laughs> to know that he hit zero. But um, I think the, the positives for the Rams are Cooper Cup. Like, he still looks amazing. Like, he is making, he is getting yardage he shouldn't. I know you critical of him at one point for one of his plays. Um, I think uh, it may have been later in the game, but he. Oh yeah, they they were in field goal range, and it was it was third and a bunch, and they swung the ball out to him, and he ran backwards with it, and it's like they were, uh, they were right on the edge of field goal range, and it was like if you get five yards there, you kick the field goal and get three points. Now, the end of the game, that's not going to matter, right? Like three points wasn't the difference in this, but. Yeah, just one small bit that if you want to talk about the body control and the footwork on the touchdown, like you have to. I mean, how, how long did I spend talking about that Julio Jones play? Um, it was no Larry Fitzgerald play a couple yeah. of seasons ago when he picks up the ball and gets ready for the field goal. Right, like that's the type of shit that matters. But whatever. Yeah, it's it, and it's one of those things. But Cup, Cup looked great, which is what they're gonna need. I. Don't I think if obviously Odell is injured anyway, and one of the other main targets, Van Jefferson, is out of this game as well. But like, if Robinson doesn't take off, like they're hoping, then yeah, it's going to be a lot more than a couple of a million that is Odell's it, going to get from the Rams. Is is it <laughs> too derivative to just say that the Rams need speed on offense because the Bills just sat on? everything the longest play by the rams offense was 28 yards to cooper cup and that came in the first quarter yeah again i appreciate the bills played with the lead for much of the second half so they were able to just sit and rush four and 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 cover with seven and and so that does make it difficult but you never really saw them there was like a third and 12 third and 13 where Stafford just like overthrew uh, Ben Skoronek by like 15 yards and there were two safeties well over the top of him. There is nothing that screams like you have to guard this guy 35 yards downfield other than Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup stuff is generally, you know, sort of 18 yards in and in. You know, he's he's not going to burst yeah. down the seam and just run a go route because he's such a route technician that you, you can you can get him in space underneath and so if you're not making the safeties respect you suddenly they don't the safeties don't have to come down in the running game because your offensive line's not good enough to get much of a push and your running backs don't have any explosion so if they're doing that they're just sitting on anything deep and you haven't got anything quick enough to make like to chew up that cushion and make them respect it and that that's going to be the game now is how do they make teams respect that they don't really have any explosion outside of Cooper Cup and sort of Tutu Atwell who like do you want to call him a bust after (laughs) you know a year and a game and it's not even then yeah you'd expect to see more with the rate the rate at which first year receivers are coming into the league and succeeding you expected more uh, from Tutu Atwell, you know, just overall, we've seen so many people burst onto the scene. 
I think, but, but to your point, yeah, I do think the Rams need speed. It would have massively helped them. We saw the Bills utilize their speed massively um, with Gabe Davis and, and Jamison Crowder just, just you know, just eviscerating past people at times. And similarly, you know, they used Stefan Diggs very well, and he got open downfield. I, I, the the Rams need a lot you know if you were to tell after game one and that's purely after a game one reaction right you need them you need their offensive line to sort out you need to get your run game going and you need to develop a relationship and have more to your game than cooper cup as the solo receiver otherwise you end up as the atlanta falcons (laughs) final (laughs) final thoughts from me from a from a standpoint of again trying not to overreact but did we underreact to the fact that the Rams lost their starting left tackle, lost their most explosive downfield wide receiver, um, lost their probable best edge rusher, um, and did they lose anything? I'm trying to think of any other key positions that they lost. But like, that's that's three pretty major positions in terms of really affecting a game plan. Like, because I don't. I didn't think about it much. I don't think anybody... Like, I don't remember people talking about it. Like, obviously, it's been all over everywhere today because they've got to talk about something for the next two days. Um, but if this if this Rams do... And the thing is, right, is this Rams team is still good enough to go 9-8 and eight quite easily. Um, well, when I said 8-11 to 11 wins last week... I had him closer to the 8-9 win column, so... <laughs> so maybe you're just the greatest analyst that has ever lived, Brad. I mean, I've called Javante Williams, T. Higgins, <laughs> you know, the Rams' downfall. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, you're still looking for land grabs in Ohio. <laughs> but if there is nothing else to add from yourself, Brad? The Bills look legit. Yeah, that's yes, it. Yeah, the super the Super Bowl and the MVP favorites after one game look. I, I'm not going to call them unstoppable because they did turn the ball over three times. But um, they will capitulate once or twice this season. But when you com- not in the playoffs, when you compare or- that week one performance to the week week one performance against the Steelers last year, for example, it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty chalk and yes. cheese. Um, anyway, that wraps us up for this mini edition of the And the Kick Is Good podcast. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the kick is up. But until next week, it's goodbye from me. And the kick is good. <laughs>